Podcast. Let's talk about the weather. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Oddcast. This podcast is about uh, environmental monitoring. And today we want to talk about how to make sure that your sensor is measuring right. I in invited somebody who knows exactly how to answer that question. And he just came back from the Scottish islands. Um, Robin Guy, welcome and great to have you on the show. Thanks, Martin. So, Scottish Islands uh, sounds like the vacation, but you've been there for professional reasons, right? That's correct, yes. It's a beautiful part of the world uh, where we have a huge range of instruments up there. So, we were required to go up and do some work, and it's a lovely part of the world to work in. The Robin Guy is our senior service engineer. He's traveling to the sensors that are installed in even remote places, as the uh, Scottish Islands and checks if they are working properly, right? That's correct. So we have a network of stations up in these remote locations. And as part of that contract, we are required to go and just undertake some checks, regular service checks and calibration of the equipment, just so that the customer is confident that the data they're seeing is correct and true. And they can have a high degree of confidence when they're providing it to their end clients. So you've mentioned that check and calibration. This is something we want to cover today. Um, part of that is even possible in uh, yeah on on the site itself. We will take a look at that later. So first, tell me something about that project you mentioned. So what sensors do we have there, and what is the purpose of them? So. As we've already discussed, these are remote Scottish islands, so the main methods of uh, transport there is by ferry. So our client is required to provide information to the ferry company on the state of the water level, as well as the prevailing weather conditions. So we were commissioned back in 2014 at 16 of their sites to install um, the OT radar level sensor unit which provides them with one minute water level data and in combination we've installed the Luft Ventus unit which is providing key information on wind speed, wind direction, air pressure, temperature and most importantly for them is the uh, wind gusts and in addition to that at one specific location visibility was a key parameter for our client They were suffering with a lot of fog and sea mist, uh, causing issues with berthing operations. So we integrated into the existing system the Luft VS2K. So this is again providing visibility information up to two kilometers, just so that the captains are given a bit more information about what the conditions are like at the actual berth itself. It's typically used at uh, roads, right? And road weather information systems provide information on the visibility for drivers. That's correct. And again, it's fitted beautifully into this system and this network to provide that information uh, to our client. And due to the design of the system, it was just a simple addition. It was a further sensor added. So 
there was no requirement for further data loggers or infrastructure. We just added it as an additional node to his existing system. So this information is, as I said, on a one minute uh, measurement sample rate, and it's provided to the ferry captains. So when they're coming into berth, they have up-to-date information on all these parameters so that they can make sure that their berthing procedures are safe and within their safe operating limits. So our information is there and it's critical, as we said, that we are giving them the, the right information so that they can carry out these operations safely. So as a key part of this, we go up on a regular basis. We go up every two years at this stage and we just inspect the instruments so we'll go and make sure that there's no signs of damage. They're in some incredibly harsh environments. Um, we have recorded wind speeds of in excess of 90 miles an hour at these locations. Um, there's obviously a lot of salt spray and water in these environments. So again, it's just making sure that the equipment is uh, intact, is recording correctly, and providing the information in a timely manner. You've mentioned that an important parameter is the uh, wind gust. Uh, could we briefly describe what distinguishes that from an average wind data? Certainly, yes. Yeah. So the wind gust is the unit itself is effectively constantly recording wind speed. Uh, and obviously, wind speed is a very rapidly changing parameter. So if we're just sampling every minute, we'll take an instantaneous value and we'll record that parameter. But what is more important to the client is what is the maximum speed that's been reached? What are these wind gusts that are coming through? So the Ventus unit is um, very well equipped for this in that, as I say, it's constantly recording. And so what it can do is it can log the highest wind speed that's actually passed through the sensors at any one time. So by feeding this information to the clients, they can see that the average wind speed, uh, what that is, but more importantly, they can see if the wind is actually gusting to much higher levels, which obviously has consequences for birthing operations. They've also used that information to go back and retrospectively look at conditions. So there have been instances when the ferries have maybe come into heavy contact with the piers. Uh, and just to give justification as to what's happened to the insurers or anybody who's investigating these instances, they can use that data to say, well, yes, we could see at that time there was a large wind gust coming through that actually caused uh, the, the vessel to strike the pier. So to our client it's, it's a critical parameter and they've used it very heavily over the several years that the project's been running. Do they need this data also to justify delays for example? Very much so. So these um, routes are classed as critical uh, in connecting and, and making sure these communities are connected and well serviced. So if for any reason that the, the ferries are unable to get to the islands, it's a case of being able to justify and say, well, we could see that the wind conditions and water conditions weren't suitable. Because of the nature of the Scottish islands, conditions can vary dramatically over very small geographical spread. So by having the monitoring actually at the berthing location, it just allows the captains to be confident of what's going on and as I say, if the conditions are not suitable, then they know that they shouldn't approach the berth. And in some of these locations, um, they're unable to see the berth 
um, until they're committed to it. So what this provides them with is information to say, don't actually go to commit to the birthing operations because the conditions at that specific location aren't suitable. We know that procedure um, quite well from, from airports where the operators are telling the pilot what to do. Well, how is that working here? Who is taking the decision of uh, going to land or not? So this all comes down to the ferry captains. They are ultimately responsible for that vessel and the people on board. So they have the final decision. So the critical element for them is having as much information and as much up-to-date information as possible so that they can make that decision. So they have real-time access to that data? Yes, there's various methods. We provide the information um, to their central server where they have access to it. Um, they also retrieve the data from our systems and populate it onto their own websites. So the captain itself can view this data in various formats depending on the frequency they would like, like to look at it and the update frequency. So they can, whenever they need, they can log into not just their own um, birth where they're coming into they can look at other sites around and they can actually see if it's going to be possible to get into other locations as well this is a very exciting topic and i think uh, worth a discussion itself um, let's go back to the um, the work you are doing there so you've mentioned that there are basically two kinds of sensors um, that we are uh, that we have distributed there the radar level sensor um, that detects the, the level of the water at that site and the wind gust, uh, the wind sensor, the anemometer, uh, Luftventus. So how do those parameters interplay or how are they linked with each other? So those sensors are all linked in to the ADCON telemetry system. So we take... Uh, reading of all those parameters on a one-minute basis and the data is then transferred via the ADCON radio system. So we have the sensors on the end of the pier because uh, this gives the most accurate information as to the location where the ferry is going to berth and we feed that back through into a gateway system which is located in the ferry offices and from there it's then transferred to the client's central server where they can view it and by providing this information at a high sampling rate, high frequency. It just means that the captains can actually see not just what the instantaneous values have been, but also what have been the prevailing conditions. So has the wind direction been gradually changing? Um, have they been getting large gusts of wind coming through? And just by providing that backlog of data and those parameters, they're able to justify their decisions and make sure they're confident that they can birth safely. So you said you're going there every two years. What are you typically checking there and how can you make sure that the data is still valid that the sensor is providing? It's a very good question. And I mean, one of the reasons we go every two years um, because we have a high degree of confidence in the equipment. So um, a lot of other equipment will get checked and calibrated annually. But one of the selling points 
to the client on this equipment is that it's incredibly robust. It's incredibly reliable. We don't see uh, drift on these instruments. So what we do is every two years we go up and we set up uh, a temporary installation alongside the permanent one. So we take a newly calibrated radar level sensor and we install that on the pier and we set that to the same levels as the permanently installed unit and we also run a Ventus unit again on a pole a suitable distance away from the permanently installed unit and we make sure that these units are recording at the same frequency and the same timestamp as the permanently installed units and we let those run uh, for as long as possible sometimes it's just four hours uh, depending on our schedule sometimes we can let them run overnight and that way we have a directly comparable set of data and we review that data to check that the permanently installed units are operating within the bounds that we would expect against the recently calibrated information. Uh, we then collate all that information into a report and we provide that to the client so they can just see they have confidence that the instruments are working as we would expect and it also allows them if anybody comes to question the data they have our data reports that they're able to provide to say yes the instruments have been checked and yes we are confident they are operating within the parameters uh, and the expectations of those instruments and this is a key thing for our client as in many clients one thing putting the equipment out there but you need to know that the information you're getting back is accurate and reliable especially when it's being used in some of the situations that we've already discussed if they're looking at this data to justify decisions or to review accidents they need to know it's accurate so by us providing this service to the client he's very confident that the information there can be used and that it's not going to come into question uh, and this has proved a, a very valuable thing for him over the years. So I guess in in most cases, you can you can tell the the operator that the sensor is working in those boundaries and providing accurate data. Um, but let's assume there is a sensor that that drifts. What are the options you have then? So. Again, because this information is operation critical, what we have with this particular client is we hold um, a range of service spare equipment. So when we go to this site, we carry with us um, updated and calibrated replacement sensors. So if we get to site and find that one of the sensors is not operating as we would expect, we remove that sensor, we install a replacement sensor and then we run again a check against that newly installed instrument uh, and one of the reasons we do this is because as we discussed at the start these are very remote locations so some of these take in excess of uh, two days to actually reach so it's important to the client that we take all the equipment we need to maintain and keep those systems up and running um, it's very cost effective for them that we keep this instrumentation with us so that we can replace them on the service runs. And that way, again, we can come back, we get the instruments checked. If necessary, we get them recalibrated and repaired. And then that goes back into his service stock so that when we're carrying out further checks, it may be that they get redeployed at other locations. 
And again, this has proved a critical element for him in that it's allowing the network to remain up and active and he's not seeing any loss of data through faulty instrumentation. Is there a possibility to, to calibrate them on site? We tend not to calibrate just because they're highly scientific instrumentation and again they need to be working within very specific parameters. So when we are doing these checks on site we're very conscious that it can't be classed as a full calibration but it does give us a very, very clear indication if the instrument is not working as we would inspect. And so by removing that instrumentation, it can go back to the factory where the Ventus can go into a climate chamber and go through all the proper uh, ISO checks to make sure it's operating. And again, the radar level sensor can go back to the factory where again, they run a series of checks on these uh, following any repair or calibration, just to make sure that once again, it's operating within its expected boundaries. And that gives us a certificate at the end of this, so that when we're redeploying that instrument, the client knows that it is once again working as exactly as he would expect it to do. So he's getting it back with a certificate and it can work as from day one again. Correct. So I think this is something that not every uh, provider of sensors um, offers and has in its portfolio. How do you rate the importance of, of this kind of support and what is the feedback you get from the people that you're visiting there? Our clients really appreciate this service. I think because we're offering a full solution. So they know that they are getting a service team that are uh, trained, uh, fully knowledgeable in the equipment. Obviously, we are the manufacturers as well. So we know this equipment inside out. We have direct access to the factory, the repairs team, the technical support team, should we know it. So for my client, particularly on this very project, he's very happy that not only have we supplied this instrumentation, but we're able to go out and maintain it as per the specifications. Uh, and because we are the manufacturer, we know what those specifications should be. And again, if he ever has to justify this data, it looks very good that it's being serviced and maintained by the same people that, that make it. And for a lot of our clients, they do like to take on our service and maintenance packages because they have peace of mind that they've invested a lot of money in this equipment, but in order to make sure you're still getting good, viable data out of it, it needs to be regularly checked, maintained and calibrated. So by us offering this system, they know that it's all working, they have peace of mind and they, they can work with that data in confidence. And as you say, there's not many companies out there that can offer this full solution at the end of the day. Uh, and we've seen it's very popular with our clients and it's continuing to do so. And our service and our um, calibration teams are growing across Europe. We're currently recruiting in a number of these teams to fulfill the need for this. And we're seeing more and more of our clients are taking up these packages in addition to the full purchase of the hardware. I mean, it's also a very sustainable approach to keep the sensors going as long as possible, right? By maintaining them regularly. Exactly. And it's just what we see with 
the Opt products is that they have a very long lifespan. And by undertaking this regular maintenance and checks, we are ensuring that the systems are reaching their full potential and that the client is getting the most out of their investment uh, so that they know that when they've put this in, that this equipment is going to continue to work accurately for a number of years. And again, we, we have seen this used as justification um, for the purchase of our equipment. We are um, not the cheapest in the marketplace, but we are one of the best in terms of quality. And so the client is willing to pay for this and ensure that their system continues to operate. And over the total lifespan of the products, we often come out more cost effective than a lot of our competitors. So this is where the client is sees it as a huge benefit to have the manufacturers servicing and checking their instrumentation. I mean, when exposed in those harsh conditions you've mentioned at the beginning with these uh, strong winds of 90 miles per hour or even, uh, what is that, 150 kilometers per hour, more or less, so in the salt, salty air, the salty water, what is the typical lifespan of, of those sensors in average? So we've seen the units placed on this particular project last very well. Um, we have on occasions had the RLS units hit by boats that were in the region that shouldn't have been in that section of the pier. Uh, it's been great. The client's been very impressed because all that's happened is actually the metal framework supporting the sensor uh, was damaged. Even though the sensor itself was hit by the boat, it continued to operate very well. So the robust nature of these has seen that the sensors have lasted very well. We would expect these units to continue in excess of 15 years on a system like this. Uh, and we've seen that with other sensors and other networks where they have lasted in excess of 15 years again, which is why, given the remote nature of these sites, it was a, a critical element of this contract that the sensors were robust and were reliable because going out to replace them uh, actually costs four to five times the cost of the sensor, just getting somebody out there to actually replace it. And even if the sensor is working properly, then you need somebody to go there and adjust, right, the framing in that case. So those regular checks make perfect sense. Exactly this. And we found on our recent calibration visit up to Scotland, we did find some issues whereby the radar sensor had been knocked out of alignment. So it was still providing results, but they weren't as accurate as we would expect because of the slight damage. And again, some of the wind sensors had suffered slightly and the alignment wasn't quite correct. So by doing these regular checks, although the client was getting data, we were able to just go and just tweak them slightly to make sure that the results were actually more accurate than they'd been seen previously just due to on-site damage. So Robin, before we come to an end, there's one question I still have in my mind from, from right from the introduction. You cannot check and calibrate sensors 24 hours a day. So what are you doing on those beautiful Scottish islands when you're not working at the sensor? <laughs> As I say, we're, we're very fortunate to be in a beautiful location. So both myself and the engineer that was with me, we're very fortunate that we both like uh, running so it's a beautiful place to go 
and do some runs you're in the hills you're on the beaches so when we have a bit of downtime we'll often head out for a bit of a run and it's a wonderful place to clear the mind uh, and if we're waiting for the system to calibrate we're on the end of a pier with beautiful clear water so we have been known to throw a fishing line out every now and then uh, and even catch the odd fish while we're waiting for the equipment to do its thing so there's worse places to work I would say and it's it's one of the highlights of our our job is when we get to go to these locations and spend some amazing time in them uh, but we do have to put up with what we call typical Scottish weather which is uh, bright sunshine one minute and snow and sleet and rain the next but it's a small price to pay. You put a smile on my face and um, I think if somebody has the same same feeling now and he's an engineer or technician he might uh, might send an application to you. I would like to hope so. As I say, it's a unique job. We get to go to some very unique environments. And the joy of this is that our equipment is being used to help these communities. And it's being used out in the environment to help protect the environment for future generations. I have a very strong belief in the equipment that we have and the quality of it. And as you say, by undertaking these regular checks and calibrations, we can make sure that these monitoring systems are providing critical information to the decision makers of the future to make sure that our environment can be the best that it can. Robin, thank you very much for joining this episode. Um, it, w it was a pleasure talking to you and uh, mentally traveling to Scotland. I um, encourage people who want to know more about the wind gust measurement to take a look at our blog. We have an article on the wind gust measurement with uh, the Ventus and um, other sensors from Luft2. And for now, uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for joining, Robin. Hear you soon. Goodbye. Thanks, Sam. Awesome. Bye-bye. Let's talk about the weather.